1: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
0: Time to talk about the ACC as we uh, get to the end of October. Joining us now is the former five foot 9 194-pound ABAC of the Yellow Jackets of Georgia Tech, Roddy Jones. Roddy, how are you? Joe. All right, so I have Don Bailey with me, and I told him during the break, I uh, I just dug something up. Okay, you ready for this, Roddy? Here's here's a I description. Don't know. Am, am I ready? Here, I don't know. Here's a description: five foot nine, hundred ninety four pound, a back, very quick, fastest and most elusive back on the team. Starts each play in the slot, matched up against a linebacker safety, puts the speed in the speed option. Ninety seven yards and seven carries against Miami the year before, nearly fourteen yards per carry, speedy and shifty, and takes equal joy out of making a key block as he does running for a touchdown. Those are my notes on you, Riley Jones, when you played Miami in two thousand eleven.
2: Is that fact or fiction? Uh, Roddy, I, I, do you think we do our I homework? Saying that. You, you guys do do your homework. I, I think some of the speed stuff may have been a little embellished, but I do I do appreciate the uh, the, the the excellent scouting report. Um, the, the the fact that the fact that we were one and three against Miami in my career didn't quite make it, but that's okay. I I, uh, I, I am okay with that being left out.
0: Tevin Washington. <laughs> Tevin Washington was your quarterback that night, that day. Tevin Washington. I'm not sure if I remember.
2: Yes. Him. All right. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, he was uh, he was a guy that man. He worked his behind off to become the starting quarterback, and ended up uh, he's he's one of the top quarterbacks in ACC history in terms of, of rushing touchdowns. Um, so he he worked his tail off to become a starter, and I always enjoyed going up against Miami. Man, it was one of one of the true joys of my college
3: career. All right. So what, Roddy? What Joe doesn't didn't tell you? Is that he absolutely hated calling the game against against <laughs> against Georgia Tech? He, I loved it because first of all, I loved going to your place. Number one, I I appreciated the run blocking. I appreciated Paul Johnson's um his approach to the game. Joe Zagaki, that option drove him absolutely. Nuts, and he dreaded it every single time we played. But enough of that. I want to know what was Paul Johnson like to play for, and then we'll get on to today's world. I want to reminisce for a minute. What was he like? Because I was, I, he, I was intrigued by him the way that he could call a game, the way that he saw a game, and that he just did it. It seemed really by the seat of his pants.
2: Yeah, I think I think in terms of like pure understanding of the the real basics of football, like angles, uh, defenses, blocking, making it easy, numbers. I don't know that there's ever been anyone who's better at that than Paul Johnson. The ins and outs understanding of what's going on, the little adjustments that were made, basically by 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 the way a defense lined up, by the play that was called, he could tell what happened on the play essentially by who made the tackle. You know, and that was an incredible thing that he was able to do. The in-game adjustments that were made, just really slight little tweaks to what we were doing, um, very, very, uh, very high-level stuff, was was really cool to watch. And that those, that was what made it successful. He was not the the warm and fuzzy. You know, put his arm around you. Um, Guy that, that I think we have come to see a lot more nowadays. He was an old school, hard nosed football coach. He was going to yell and scream and get after you, but but he treated everyone uh, fairly. <laughs> he didn't treat everybody equally. Like the quarterback got a little more leeway than an offensive lineman, but it was all fair based on your status on the team, the position that you were in. So I, I, I respect the hell out of him. I really uh, enjoyed playing for him, and he was uh, he's one of the great offensive minds this game seen.
0: Roddy Jones from the ACC Network is our guest. Uh, we want to talk about the teams inside the ACC, but let's talk about our team first. Uh, what are your thoughts about Miami and their 5-1 start?
2: I have been impressed by Miami and their start. Um, I, and, and, Joe, you and I chatted before the season. I think there were some legitimate questions about the offensive line. I think there were some legitimate questions about the defense. Just, just because at the linebacker position especially and with all the new guys on the defensive line, how are they going to gel uh, and I think all in all, Miami has performed uh, about as well as you could have expected them to with all of the things that have gone on. Has the offense hit some bumps here and there? Yeah, of course they have, but that's to be expected. I mean, there was a, it's an offense with a new quarterback, a new coordinator, a lot of new faces, uh, and it's a new offense that was installed over Zoom. So, of course, there's going to be some setbacks. Um, but, but I really like what I've seen from them from a confidence standpoint, from a rebounding standpoint, in terms of the loss to Clemson and then coming back uh, and the way they rebounded from that. From a leadership standpoint, I think Garrett King has been invaluable from that perspective. Uh, and, and honestly, like that defense is 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 really good, maybe not quite as good as the ones the last few years have been. But I believe in this defense because of the attitudes, because of a Jalen Phillips and a Quincy Rocher, because of a Bubba Bolden, uh, because of really that whole safety group has been really good. Because of an Al like I just like the attitudes and the way they go about things. So um, they're going to need to continue to get better if they're going to end up in Charlotte. But I really like the way Miami's played so
3: far. Righty is when you look at the ACC today, where does Notre Dame fit into this equation? I think Notre Dame's the second-best
2: team in the league. And while they may not have blown the doors off of us from a, from an impressiveness standpoint, uh, they have earned it for a number of reasons. Like For the last five years, Notre Dame's been a 10-win team. That doesn't happen accidentally. And in, I would say, half of those years, half of those four years, they've played a tougher schedule than they would have played in the ACC. So from a program standpoint, they kind of get the benefit of the doubt. They also have recruited better than everyone in the ACC, with the exception of Clemson. So when you look at from a depth standpoint, uh, from the, like the places that you need to be good to be a good football team, offensive line, defensive line, really the whole spine of that defense, they are really good there. So I, I think you have to put them as the second-best team in the ACC. They are going to continue to get healthier at receiver. We saw Ben Skoranek have a great game against Pittsburgh last week. Uh, They are going to continue to get healthier at receiver, and that's going to help them. They've got two, really three, really talented tight ends, both in the pass game and in the run game. They've got the best offensive line in the country. They've got one of the best safeties in the country. Uh, And that defense has been extremely underrated in the league because of kind of who they played. People look at the schedule and like, well, they haven't played anybody. Well, maybe not, but they're allowing less than 250 yards a game. So I don't care who you play. That's really good. Um, So I I think Notre Dame's probably the second best team in the league for me right now.
0: Staying on Notre Dame for a moment, they're about ready to walk into probably the toughest part of their schedule. They had your old team, Georgia Tech, then Clemson, then Boston College, then North Carolina.
2: They, they absolutely are, and uh, I, I think I think the the game that stands out to me in that in that stretch is the North Carolina game. They are uh, without a doubt better than, than Georgia Tech. They're without a doubt better than Boston College. They're without a doubt not as good as Clemson. So North Carolina becomes the one that uh, that's going to be the big one to to determine whether or not they are they are the representative in Charlotte or not. And, again, to me right now, I think they're better than North Carolina. They have been more consistent, uh, especially on the defensive side of the football. Say what you want about the offense. The offense has really run the ball well against just about everybody. Um, but the defense has been consistent against everybody. They have been fantastic. And North Carolina hasn't seen a defense that's that good. The best defense that North Carolina's played – was Virginia Tech, and they when they played Virginia Tech, they were Virginia Tech was down every safety on their two deep and every nickel on their two deep. So uh, that's a bad combination when you're facing a team like North Carolina. Uh, so so yes, uh, that stretch that's coming up is extremely tough. I think that's why you heard Brian Kelly start to talk about, hey, we are preparing for this game we are starting to look towards Clemson we need to play at our standard because I know we can beat Pitt I know we can beat Georgia Tech but we need to start playing like we're playing Clemson so that when that comes we're ready for it.
3: Can anyone catch Clemson in the ACC now I'm talking the old ACC not with Notre Dame in it but with with the standard ACC how far away is everybody, and what's got to happen? Because it looks like they're set at quarterback for another three or four years with the, with the new guy coming in.
2: Yeah, um, I, think, I think the best way to look at the path to catch Clemson is look at Clemson's path. I mean, think about how long it took Clemson to get to the precipice. Think of how long it took Clemson to knock on the door and not quite be there before they got there. Dabo got the job. Uh, as the interim in 08, took over full time in 09. they were six and seven in 2010. They made the championship in in 09. six and seven in 2010. They're a great team in 2011 that comes to play us as a top 10 team. Uh, comes to play us at Georgia Tech, gets beat. They drop a couple of others. They get blown out by West Virginia, and then they're they're just behind uh, they're just behind Florida State really until 2015 until Florida State fell off or 2016. So, I mean, that's a, that's a seven-year process that Clemson went through to build and build and build, and then finally get over the hump. That's what it takes. It takes multiple recruiting classes, and I'm not talking about multiple, just like individual recruiting classes, multiple generations of recruiting classes. Think of the Taj Boyd generation recruiting class. Then think of the Deshaun Watson generation recruiting class. And those weren't back-to-back. Like, there were multiple in between those that you had to that you had to build upon. And you go from nine wins, then back to six wins, to ten wins, then back to nine wins, into 11 wins. And you're just constantly knocking at the door until you break through and you're able to get to that press base. And then it kind of starts to run on its own. Like, they're recruiting better than they ever have there. Dabo Sweeney's got, got the culture. He's got all that stuff rolling. So that's what it takes. It takes years of building, of constant, uh, to borrow a phrase from from Bronco Mendenhall, unbroken, constant growth. That's what it's going to take, whether it's Miami, whether it's Florida State, whether it's North Carolina. It takes generations of recruiting classes to be able to get to that level, just like Alabama did and just like Clemson did.
0: Yeah, I love that. Generations of recruiting, no question. And keep them. Keep them somehow. Find a way to keep them. It's a revolving door for the University of Miami. It's hard to keep them for a variety of reasons. What uh, when the Hurricanes get back into action, they're going to see North Carolina State. What what are they going to be facing?
2: Well, it's it's not an NC State game that's as formidable as it was a few weeks ago. Um, with Devin Leary at quarterback, that NC State team was a really good football team, and I really liked the way Devin Leary was playing. They are not as good without him. He was playing like a top-five quarterback in the league, and he's out for probably the year uh, with a broken ankle. So. They're, they're likely going to see, I, I would guess, this is just my guess, you're going to see more of Ben Finley than Bailey Hockman. Bailey Hockman's a guy who, um, <clears throat> who we've seen a number of different times and just isn't going to give you the ability that Ben Finley was. He's the, Ben Finley's the, the younger brother of Ryan Finley, the three-year starter for NC State. He's extremely talented, kind of reminds me of Devin Leary last year. Young guy, great arm talent, uh, and he's got some really big receivers. Emeka is a really good receiver. Devin Carter has come on this year. A couple of really good backs um, in, in Bam Knight and Ricky Person. And an offensive line that's not great, but they're much improved from a year ago. Um, defensively, uh, they haven't really been able to stop anybody uh, with the exception of Pitt. And honestly, Pitt for 400 yards against them. So um, they haven't really been able to stop anybody on defense. So that's where Miami's going to have to take advantage.
3: But offensively,
2: they're a pretty good offense if they're good at the quarterback position. So that quarterback position is a big question mark now.
3: Righty, when we look at what's happened to Miami since the Clemson game, they had Pitt. They won that game convincingly. They played a Virginia team. Uh, it's been a close game, but it's been close the last three years. Share with our listeners the perspective that they should have in having those two victories, being able to beat Pitt after playing a Clemson game, a very physical game, and then being able to beat UVA after playing those two games back to back.
2: Well, I think I think perspective is a tough thing to have during a football season because we get so caught up in what happened, uh, what happens on a week to week basis. If I have told Miami fans, hey. After how many games have Miami played? Seven? After, after, six. after six. six or seven? Five and one. After yeah. six games. Yeah, after six games, your only loss is going to be to Clemson. How would you feel? And I think before the season, Miami fans would have been ecstatic about it. They'd have been like, yes, sign me up for that. Absolutely. That's where we need to be. Uh, and that's where you are. So, so ultimately, the loss to Clemson was embarrassing. It was humbling. It should motivate the team, it should show the fan base just how far above everyone else Clemson is. But ultimately, Virginia's a tough out. They are tough on defense. What they're doing offensively is just like, it's so unorthodox that it, it, it's, off, it's offsetting. Like, it, it, it'll, it'll, it'll confuse the defense. It's just uncomfortable for a defense to have to account for like five quarterbacks on the field at one time so so virginia is a tough one and Pitt plays great defense that defense is one of the best in the league although they've gotten kind of worn down as kenny pickett's been hurt uh, but but nonetheless the the result of where you are five and one is where you wanted to be coming into the season that is the best case scenario if you if, if miami fans truly believe you'd be sitting here at six and zero, oh, having had clemson on the schedule like it was that was that was a pipe dream you were you were you had convinced yourself of things that aren't quite true yet, which is that Miami is on Clemson's level because not, that's not the point. So I, I am, if I'm a Miami fan, I am pleased with how the Canes have performed. And as an ACC analyst, I'm impressed with how Miami's been. And I think they've got a shot. It's an, it's an outside shot. I don't know if they're quite as good as Notre Dame. And, and they have not been quite as consistent as North Carolina on either side of the ball. But I, I do think Miami's got a shot to end up in Charlotte.
0: There are probably at least there are three teams that are at a, at a different level. That's uh, Clemson, Alabama, and, and Ohio State. Those three, and that's you know not uh, earth shattering news, but uh, you put those teams on the same field, and you've got yourself a heavyweight fight. Uh, Rod, you're always a great guest. Thank you for being with us. What game do you have this week? Where are you, where are you this weekend?
2: Oh, we've got Virginia Tech, Louisville, sort of a sneaky uh, good game in the yeah. four o'clock spot on ACC Network
0: very nice uh louisville big win against uh florida state last week and tutu atwell keep an eye on him.
2: yeah tutu i love getting some uh getting some late first kind of second round buzz i'd say more second third round buzz um another miami kid who uh who goes to louisville and does well but but uh he's a he's a guy that i'm sure a lot of people in your area are very proud of
0: all right right thanks for being with us congrats on all the great work at the acc network we appreciate your time
2: yeah, appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on.
0: Okay, that's uh, Riley Jones, former running back at Georgia Tech. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. It's